Hello and welcome to Rise of Humanity. I am your host, Chris Karamaya, and today I'm joined by my guest, Flora Sage. Flora is an author and a very passionate business coach who incorporates her spiritual gifts into her work to create a truly multifaceted approach to helping her clients. Flora's teaching platform has helped thousands of clients worldwide to redefine and find success while clearing away all of the excuses that stand in their way. So, Flora, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Chris. I really appreciate this. <laughs> and I love your platform as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so I've been looking into uh, quite a bit of your work and your website, and you've got this, um, in your coaching, you've got a very cool blend of business coaching, personal coaching, and then you've got spirituality running uh, through all of that. How does that balance uh, look for you between the personal and the business coaching? Is it, do you feel like you're more one than the other or 50-50? How does that look? Um, well, the spiritual just comes into everything because, you know, as you've, I'm, I'm you know, like sure heard, um, we are spirit embodied and everything, especially in business, everything is governed by our spirit and that sense of like, hell yes. You know, like if, if something is really deep within you and you can feel it in every nuance of your cell, it's going to be a hell yes answer, whether it's in business or in your personal life. And so um, everything that I do has that kind of spirit or, you know, spirit, spirit, <laughs> um, you know, part of it. And, um, but as far as like my clients go, I mean, of course it just depends on if you want more of a business focus or more of a personal focus, but even with my business clients, that spirit part always comes in just simply because, you know, if something is not resonating with our spirit, it's not going to work, whether in our, our, you know, personal life or in our business. And that's the thing is that I think, you know, so many people get caught up in their ego and get, you know, caught up in what we think we need to do instead of what we feel inside that we really truly want to do. And that's part of what I really try to help people remember is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and we are beings, not doing, you know, like we're not human doings, we're human beings. And so, um, it's very easy to get caught up in ego when we do, 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 you know, and when we can kind of step back from that ego and step back from action and just start to just chill <laughs> and start to be in spirit, then our lives just become so much more fun and so much more exciting because we start to actually have opportunities and see opportunities that we didn't even realize were there. And, you know, like I said, whether that's in your business or whether that's in your personal life, I try to help people remember how to do that. So, so it's awesome. Yes. So do you have to kind of qualify the uh, clients you work with? Can you work with someone that's not at all spiritual? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Because in reality, you really are very yeah. spiritual. You just don't realize it yet. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you kind of feel that they need to be aware of that aspect of themselves? Yeah. Most of the time, people that say that they're not spiritual in any way, shape or form, 
after having a conversation with them, I realized, and I, I kind of point out to them that they actually are very spiritual. It's, it's, you know, let's just say that you feel that you're not spiritual in any way, shape or form. And I ask you, okay, so what are your, you know, some of your hobbies? And maybe you say, I love to play tennis or I love to go hiking or whatever. And so then I ask you, okay, so what part of tennis do you like? Oh, I love the feeling of just getting out there and hitting the ball and, and just being in my body and just feeling that rush of adrenaline. And just afterwards, you just feel so satisfied and just so relaxed and just so surrendered. That is the epitome of being in, in spirit when you're surrendering to the moment as it is instead of how you think that it should or needs to be. That is totally being in spirit because that is being you at your core essence. And I think a lot of people just, I, I think that they just define spirituality sometimes with the religious aspect, you know, but it's totally different. I mean, you know, of course, that's a whole nother can of worms as far as religion, but being spiritual, I truly believe, is just tapping into the core essence of who you are and letting that just leak out into every single thing that you do. And that's when you can really have the life that you really love and the life that you really want, you know? Mm, yeah, I completely agree that, yeah, it's just something that's that's there and you just need to just to, just to be it, really. You don't need to try and do it. Um, so I'm interested, I obviously do personal and business coaching. How do you... I mean, I don't know if this is too abstract a question, but how, how much of a percentage would you say that success in anything, whether it's business or a personal life, is in a world? And I mean, for example, in a business, how much would you say is you know, getting in touch with that spiritual side of yourself and just and fixing your mindset as opposed to learning how to do good marketing and stuff like that? Oh, this is such a great question. So... um the strategy and the step-by-step -step is a huge part of it, but mm -hmm. an even bigger part is your mindset and the frequency that you hold because you can do all the steps, right? You can have all the strategy. You can have just an amazing website, amazing sales pages, amazing content, but if your mindset is that, that, well, no matter what this is, I have to work hard and I have to do this and I have to do that. If it's a have to, if it's a burden, that's what it's going to feel like. And that's the energy that's going to be around it. That's the vibration that's going to be attached to your website and to your copy that you have and to the programs that you sell. It's this burden energy and this frequency. And so when you put your offer out there, there's going to have that underlying frequency or vibration of heaviness and hard work. And people are going to be like, oh, that doesn't feel good at all. Mm -hmm. But when you get into that flow of, okay, I know I've got, you know, all of these steps done. I've got all the strategy taken care of. Now I'm just going to work on my mindset. I'm going to work on my vibration that every single thing I do is going to make me money. Every single thing that I do is going to totally call in and attract my perfect soulmate client. Then people are going to feel that energy. The, the, the universe is going to respond to that. And the thing about frequency is that, and I actually teach this in, you know, several of my classes, is that when you want to manifest something, many times people have qualifiers or disclaimers running in the background. So I want to manifest $20,000 in my business today or this month. And then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, but I'm going to have to work twice as hard or, oh, but I'm going to have to build my list by a thousand people. And so you have all these qualifiers and disclaimers that are negating or canceling out 
what it is that you actually want to manifest. And so the frequency going out isn't the $20,000, I'm going to manifest this. No, the frequency that's actually going out is I need to work twice as hard to manifest twice as much money or I need to, I, and, and it's just all that, 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 um, it's kind of bullshit, actually. <laughs> All that bullshit <laughs> subscripts that are running in the background that are messing with your frequency. And so in order for you to really start to manifest and create that impact in your business is you have to look at those qualifiers and those, you know, like disclaimers that are running in the background that are causing your frequency to get messed up. That, that's causing all the fabulous work that you're doing to not work. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, such, such an important area to address before you kind of do anything in life, really. Completely agree with yes. that. Um, so in terms of the clients that you coach with your business, do you, you know, a target or attract specific people? Because um, I know you use this term spiritual business. Do you like help coaches or can you just help like anyone really? Um, well, I, I mainly work with high achieving people. And so what do I mean by high achieving people? People that just want to constantly be the best version of themselves possible, that are constantly viewing themselves as the student, who are constantly viewing themselves as how much better can I be today than I was yesterday, you mm -hmm. know, and and, you know, what I mean by a spiritual business is someone who has that spirit of service in their business because regardless of what you sell um if the, the the spirit of service and and that that spirit of i want to help humanity is in there you are a spirit-led business yes, <laughs> you are a yeah. spiritual business owner because it's not just about the bottom line it's about how can i serve my people how can i serve the world and in serving the world the world is going to serve me back and it's that's a beautiful thing and th there's this fabulous book called the go-giver if you've never heard of it never read it i highly recommend that you watch it or listen to it there's just this fabulous audio book that, that goes with it but it talks about in order to receive you have to give and a lot of people feel that they have to have first before they can give. And that's not necessarily the case. You have your, your time. You've got your talents. You have the things that you are an expert at. And when you give freely of your expert, of, of that, that expert status or of your expertise, of your knowledge, and you do it in a way that is selfless, that you do it in a way to literally just help humanity, to help the people that come in contact with your, your goods and services, with your offerings, that's going to create that ripple effect that will come back to you tenfold. And so regardless of if you're selling a widget, if you're selling um, services, if you're selling whatever it is that you're selling, if you have that spirit of giving and you have that spirit of being of service, true and utter service to, to really help usher people into a new way of being and that new paradigm so that they can truly have what they want and they can truly live their best life, that is when your business is going to just skyrocket. And so um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I'm following yeah. along. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's perfect. really, truly the essence of it. I mean, and yeah. so that's how you know you have a spirit-based you know, business is what spirit are you holding when you're helping people? Is it I'm just helping people because I want to get money? Or are you helping people because you really want to see them succeed and you really want to see them get what they want, you know? Yeah. 
And there's just nothing else like it when you help somebody and then you see them get what they want and you're like, yes, it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's uh, mm-hmm. perfect. Um, that's it's. How do you, I mean, yeah, I completely agree that, that for me, a, what I would regard as a successful business is not someone who's just out to hustle and make money, but really wants to make a difference in people's lives. But I think one of the issues that... Um, people run into is that they don't feel like they have enough expertise to they have a huge desire to help people but then when when do they get to that point where they're like okay now I know I can help people with this specific issue and you know we talk about niching and all that kind of stuff do you have any kind of insight on that Oh, gosh, yes. So if somebody is trying to figure out what their niche is or what their actual expertise is or what their platform is or what they actually know, because a lot of people are like, I really want to help people, but I have no clue what to help them with because I'm kind of a hot mess myself. And I'm like, everybody's a hot mess. That's part (laughs) of being human, you know? (laughs) Life is messy. I mean, you know, and so... What I recommend people do is actually write out your story. Just where have you come from? Where did you start? Where are you at now? And look at all the things that you've been through, all the hardships, all the triumphs, but just write it all out. And then ask yourself, when you were in those darkest of days, when you had just everything coming down on you, what did you do to get yourself out of that? What were the steps that you took? You know, and sometimes it's I drank a bottle of wine or sometimes it's I asked a friend for help or sometimes it's I just laid on the couch and gave myself permission to have a pity party. But then the next thing that I did was I grabbed my journal and I journaled about it and I just let it all out. And then I realized, oh, that felt really good. And so that was a step is first self-care. Give yourself permission to be in the space, whatever that space is. Be in it, honor it, recognize it for what it is, recognize the wisdom that's held within that space. And then what's the next step that you took? And then what's the next step? Because the ultimate thing is that when we have those dark days, there's always those beautiful, bright, shiny, you know, you know, shiny days after that. But you have to give yourself permission to recognize the steps that you took to get from where you were to where you are. Mm -hmm. And when you can recognize those steps, that's when you recognize, wait a minute, how often do I do this? And most of the time, as us humans, we like patterns. We like things that make sense, you know? And so when you can recognize your patterns of self-care and those patterns that you use to get yourself out of where those, those dark days are back into those light days, then you can recognize your your program, because basically that's really what it is, is is you can create any type of coaching program when you look at what steps you take to help yourself get out of that, you know, like those, those dark days or those, those low spots in your life back into flow, back into alignment of who you really are and who you want to be. And when you can recognize through writing your story and those, and, and, you know, looking at those cycles and looking at the steps that you yourself taken Right there is what you can teach people. That's what you can, can you know, help people learn how to do because, you know, so many people realize, well, wait a minute, so-and-so was here and then now they're here. How did they get there? What steps did they take? And that's what people pay for. That's what people want to know. That's why people buy programs. That's why people go to workshops because they want to know how the author or the speaker got from where they were to where they are now. And that's, it's such a simple process, but, but so many people don't realize that it's that simple. They think it needs to be much harder than that. And it's really mm-hmm. not, you know, yeah. 
So, yeah, so it's about you've got something within you already. You just need to kind of pull it out and package exactly. it up. So yes, that's. I mean, just to give you an example of myself, because I'm on currently in the process of setting up my own coaching business, um, <laughs> and one of the struggles that I'm having is I've had like the last few years of my life have been like an incredible awakening and journey. And then okay. I've got to this point where now I want to pass that back on to other people and start a, my own coaching business. But I'm kind of, I keep kind of vacillating between, you know, do I need to go and get another year's life experience and then coach people? Okay. I'm kind of, it's difficult to really pinpoint that exact thing which yep. I've done. So, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Well, and the beautiful thing about being in that space is when you feel you're ready, you're totally ready. And you're probably ready six months ago. <laughs> but then also another beautiful thing too, is that when you start coaching people, you, you go light years beyond where you were, because what happens is when you get into that, that space of being in service, when mm -hmm. you are coaching other people, what happens is you start to answer your own questions. You start to coach yourself while you're coaching other people and you get off the call and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to take notes. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and you know, it, it, really because as you're coaching someone else, you are going to channel that divine information for the other person. And that's also going to help you as well. And what that's going to do is just help you be such a better coach and help you realize that what you have to share is truly perfect right now in this moment. And is your is your yeah. coaching methodology, you know, going to change? Of course it's going to change. It's going to morph and ebb and flow throughout the years and you're just going to start to master it the more and more that you start coaching people. But if you feel ready, absolutely just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, it's, yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is my uh, number one passion. I can't really see myself doing much else at the moment. So yeah, yep. I know I'm ready. <laughs> perfect. So <laughs> What was the process for you like getting into coaching? Because I know, especially looking on your website, is uh, it seems like you had quite a few big life challenges. Are they kind of what led you to become a coach? Oh gosh, yes, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Yes, I. Oh my goodness, there were so many pivotal moments in my life that caused me to question everything about myself and question everything about my beliefs and. And, you know, part of those was having um, a very traumatic event happen where I knew someone was going to get um, killed before they got killed. And after that happened, I was like, oh, my goodness. And then another pivotal moment was um, hitting the codependency rock bottom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was bad. I had an affair with a very close friend's husband and that I'm not that type of person or I didn't think I was. And I realized how in the hell did I get here? What, what, oh, I mean, and I had to stop and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I had to start really taking stock of myself and I had to start doing the work. I couldn't run away from myself anymore. I had to really just start doing the work. And so how, you know, what that work looked like was reading self-help books, like literally every single day, um, calling myself on my own bullshit. And in doing this year after year, day after day, I started to build up kind of a system and a, a kind of a prescription, if you will, for myself is when I saw myself going back into codependent patterns, I could do something about it. I could stop and say, wait a minute, okay, what's really going on here? And I started to coach myself. 
And so some of my friends started noticing that I was getting myself out of sticky situations. They started to notice I was happier. They started to notice just I was carrying myself differently. And so they started to ask for help. And so I started to, you know, coach them as well. And then um, also during this time, I was doing some space clearing and home organization for folks. And of course, when you go through people's personal possessions, um, stuff comes up. And so I would coach them and, and, and walk them through some, some challenging things. And, and they, all the feedback that I was given was, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You've really helped me. This is crazy. How did this work? You know? Yeah. And you know, after a while, I realized, well, wait a minute, this is really cool. And maybe I've got something here. <laughs> so I started to research coaching and what really was involved with it and realized that you don't need to be certified. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, unregulated field, um, but there is places where you can become certified. And so mm-hmm. I got my coaching certification and I was actually really disappointed with it because it was basically read three books and take a test and you're good. And there was no practical application. I was like, oh, shit, what am I doing? You know, but I was so I was so called to be of service. I'm like, come hell or high water. I'm going to do this whether I fall on my face or not. (laughs) So I just started to say, hey, I'm a coach. I'm going to help coach you, you know. And before I never called myself a coach, I'm, you know, I would say I'm a guide, I'm an intuitive, whatever, but putting that label of coach on myself felt really hard and was really, I felt like I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew I needed to do it. I knew I needed to do it. And the the cool part was I realized very quickly who I didn't want to work with, who was not a perfect and ideal client, um, which basically those are the people who aren't willing to do the work, who aren't willing to dig deeper and be really honest with themselves. And I started to realize who was the perfect and ideal client, you know, and it, it's those people who are really ready for change and who are, are willing to do the work. And the work isn't really hard. It's just making a one degree shift here and there. It's just, you know, being willing to take one single step forward that you haven't taken before. And um, mm-hmm. over the years, my coaching has morphed and changed, but it, was, it wasn't easy. I mean, it, it was really challenging for me to get over my ego and to get over myself thinking that I didn't know what I was doing. And the truth of the matter is that if you work the process yourself, if you've gotten yourself out of a sticky situation, you can help somebody else get out of that same situation as well. And, um, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about coaching is that if you feel called to be of service, that's, you know, that that's your calling, you know, and you just have to start doing it and you have to, you know, just do it. And when I first started coaching, um, I actually used a book of somebody else, like somebody else's coaching book. I actually use that as a textbook. I'm like, okay, read chapter one before our next session. (laughs) Because I literally, I was like, oh shit, (laughs) you know? And then I realized that I didn't really need the book and that my clients were like, yeah, this is fine and dandy, but I prefer our conversations outside of the book instead of, so I finally just started to just drop the book and just started to just do sessions with the person. And I started to kind of realize, oh, you know, this is really exciting. I actually do know what I'm doing and I do know what I'm talking about and this is actually working. And so I think um, trusting in yourself and trusting in your process, I think is the biggest key that I would give to any, you know, new coach out there is trust your process. And again, how you figure out what your process is, just write it down, write down what you've done you know, in the, those, those hard, you know, spaces of your life. And how did you get yourself out of those hard spaces? How did you move yourself through it? And do you repeat that process every time? And sometimes it takes a little bit of doing to recognize what we actually do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but when you can 
pinpoint that and you can replicate it with other people, then that's a beautiful thing. And of course, each person that I coach is different, you know, but, um, Mm. yeah, when you can just, you know, grab the reins and trust yourself and trust spirit that it's going to show up during session, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's, it's very freeing to hear that because there seems to be, I think a lot of competition in the coaching world about whose methods better. And maybe it's just, there is no one that's better because I've heard people saying that the best technique is to do no preparation and just turn up on intuition, which for them it works. But then you've got other people like Tony Robbins, who's got an extremely structured, even if it doesn't seem like it, extremely structured approach. I mean, what's your take on Uh that? Um, I would say yes and yes. <laughs> yes, yes, showing up with, with, you know, absolute intuition, absolute being kind of unprepared um, because, of course, we never know what spirit's going to throw at us. We never yeah. know what the other person is going to bring to the table. However, having your methodology is also a really good thing as well, simply because you know that your method works. You know that your structure works. And I'll give you an example. So I have a method that I like to call the bullshit eliminator method. Okay. And the bullshit eliminator method is actually quite simple. You basically do a brain dump. Okay. And what the brain dump is, is just get everything out. Every single thing that is stressing you out, that's giving you a headache, that's just causing your life to just be topsy-turvy and it's like, like all your to do is literally just get everything out on paper. Then what you do is you narrow it down to your top 10 stressors, okay? Mm -hmm. Top 10 stressors, boom, there you go. Then from that list, narrow it down to your top three stressors and then narrow that down to your very top stressor at this very moment. Now, the top stressor might not be the big elephant in the room. It might not be what you think it's going to be on any given day. But whatever that top stressor is, ask yourself, okay, am I willing to look at this differently? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're like, no, I'm not willing to see this differently. And so then say, okay, so are you willing to take action to clear this up? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, okay, perfect. Then what are what are the next steps that you can take? What's one thing that you can do that would help move from where you are to where you want to be? So basically, you know, and I'll give you an example. One time I did this with myself and I was like, oh, it was just, I was having one of those days, you know? <laughs> and so I did a brain dump and through narrowing down everything, boom, 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 the top stressor that I had, which was shocking, was cat litter on the floor. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Because I had just moved into a new house and my cat, my, you know, cat box um, used to be in the garage. Now it was in the basement and my bedroom and some other things were in the basement. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. That is the thing that's stressing me out so much. And I'm like, yes, it is. Am I willing to see this differently? No, I don't want to see cat litter on the floor. That's it. And so I'm like, okay, so am I willing to address this today? Yes, I'm willing to address this today. Okay, what can I do? What are some possible solutions? So I started to brainstorm possible solutions. One, get rid of the cats. No, that's not an option. Two, mm-hmm. put the cat litter box in, in the garage. Well, no, I live in Wisconsin, so I can't do that because it's too cold for them in the winter. Three, put a rug or something under the cat box. Okay, I could do that. All right, perfect. So I measured the space. I went to a home goods store, got a rug, put it under there, and it's been perfect ever since. And that sounds so trivial. It's like, really, cat litter on the floor? You're going to coach somebody about that? 
But yes, that's the thing that I like to call the laundry factor. It's it's these tiny little things that are pulling us away from our greatness. Yeah. It's these tiny little things that are causing us to just get so tripped up and so bombarded with all this other bullshit that we can't see in front of us, you know? And that is a method that I use every time I coach my people. I don't tell them I'm bringing them through this process. Mm-hmm. But what I basically do is, you know, like whenever I, I you know, start a, a session, I say, hey, tell me what's going on. And I let them just share about what's going on in their life. And through that, I hear what their stressor is at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then through questioning, through open-ended questions, I ask them, are you, are you willing to see this differently? Sometimes I use that specific question. Sometimes I don't use that specific question. But I really get, uh, you know, a, a viewpoint on are they really willing to let this go? Are they willing to start to work on this? And if not, then we find out what some other stressors may be in their life and then we work on that. But I absolutely agree that having a methodology works because that's something that you know is going to work and that you know that you can fall back on. But also be open to spirit because there's sometimes, because I also do energy work and there's sometimes when I'm meeting my clients that I'm hearing from them that they're really in need of kind of a um, kind of a tune-up, if you will, for energy work and yeah. stuff like that. And so sometimes I'll say, hey, would you like some energy work? Or I'm, I'm really being guided for us to do some energy work today. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. So I, you know, so basically to answer your question, I think that, yes, I think both of them are necessary. Um, but whether or not you have a specific program or methodology in place as of right now, you don't necessarily have to have it. It does help. But um, being open to spirit and being totally in flow and present with your client, I think needs to be the number one thing that you're doing whenever you're coaching anybody, because then you can actually witness where they're at right now, instead of where you think that they are or where you think that they need to be, Hmm. you know, I think it makes you much more adaptable as a coach. If you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into, I have to follow this structure. When you have, have that little bit of openness, it kind of leaves these space for creativity oh absolutely yes yeah yes yes mm-hmm. awesome <laughs> um <laughs> so talking i mean you mentioned about the of the bs elimination is that and then you, you call yourself a simplification coaches do those two kind of tie in together is that just you know just clearing out the the, the mental clutter of your entire life Yes. Well, when you eliminate the bullshit or the BS, you simplify your life. When you eliminate stressors, you know, when you eliminate anything that's not for your highest good, you start to simplify your life. I mean, if you notice there's a, a rug in your house that you hate and every time you look at it, you just, your energy drops, you get upset about it. Maybe you got it from an ex or something, who knows? And, and that's just something that just keeps bugging you. And I know that that's so trivial, but that's, I mean, so many people have so many trivial things going on in their lives. And if they would just address those small trivial things, it frees up so much energy and it, it causes your life to just become so much simpler. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I refer to as the bullshit or the, the BS is because it's these little tiny things that we think aren't anything that we don't address that cause the most problems in our life, you know? And so when you can eliminate that, your life just really becomes so much simpler. Does that make sense? I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And do you work with with um, 
men and women because the vision when you say that the vision i get in your head is transforming like a really busy uh a busy mum who's got a like, hundred things going on and the kitchen's a mess and all that kind of stuff do, <laughs> or do you just help do you, do you just help everyone <laughs> well the main okay so i do help both men and women the majority of my clients are women but i do help very high achieving men too that are just like mm-hmm. i'm i'm you know in it's i'm totally in it to win it let's do this who are very driven and so yes i do help men as well <laughs> yeah awesome um so uh i'm quite interested in your the um implementation of the psychic gifts as well you use is that something that you i, mean, I think you mentioned about it earlier but um mm-hmm. is that something you kind of had from a young age and then kind of lost or and picked back up again how did that look uh-huh. well um so i've always been able to feel energy that was something i didn't really know what i was doing when i was a kid i knew that when i walked into a room or something and the energy felt weird i just could fix it somehow yeah. and i didn't i didn't realize that that was actually tied to my intuition until years later and but the first time i ever remember having an intuitive hit was the day that my mom passed away um she was at some or she was actually traveling that day to some um banquet that she was the chairperson of and she got into a fatal car accident and um whenever the school staff told me that i was going to be leaving for the day and that my dad was going to be picking me up i was like hmm that's a little bit strange And when I walked into the office to wait for my dad to come pick me up, as I was sitting down, I got my first intuitive hit. And it was in the form of two words. And it was, my mom is dead. And it basically said, mom's dead. And I, that was, it was a little bit shocking because I was like, huh. But what came with that message was this huge feeling of peace and grace and ease. And it almost felt like she was with me. And it literally happened in a split second. As I was going to sit down, I got mom's dead. And I sat with it for just a second. And then one of my other sisters came in and she's just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know, because how could I articulate that? I mean, I was 12. And so that literally, that opened up the floodgates. And it was a little unnerving because it was usually when people were going to pass away or they were going to die. And I didn't like that. And so I tried, I, you know, tried to shut it off. I tried to ignore it until one day when I was, you know, hanging out with my kids, I got three pieces of information. Um, basically that someone that I knew, uh, was going to die. And I just, I, I, it was okay. So actually just to kind of elaborate just a little bit, cause I don't want to be too cryptic. Yeah. So I, okay. Back in the day I was in the Marine Corps and yeah. I was in Okinawa and I had met someone who was just amazing. And she had a son with someone. And so I used to babysit her son all the time. Like whenever I wasn't working and whatever, and like they were going on dates or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then So her name was Krista. And then when I, so then, you know, fast forward several years, I was then back in the States. I was out of the service. I was living my life and was working at a store. And um, I met someone named Pamela and she also had some kids and stuff like that. And I used to babysit her kids. Well, this one weekend I was getting three pieces of information. The first piece of information was Krista and then Pamela, and then how tragic it would be to lose a child. Those are the three pieces of information. And I was like, well, I don't understand. And so Krista actually um, had called me about a month before, and she had moved from Okinawa to Texas. 
and, um, you know, with her, her, you know, family and she had gotten in a car accident and she had flipped her SUV mm-hmm. in a ditch that was filled with water and her son couldn't get out of his car seat. So he died. And that was the same boy that I used to babysit. And, but I, I was, I was so confused because I was like, okay, Pamela, Krista, and how tragic it would be to lose a child. And I didn't know why all three of those pieces of information were coming in together because Pamela and Krista, I knew completely different areas of my life. They didn't know each other, but I didn't choose to put the information together. And so it was really Mm -hmm. like this kind of bee that was buzzing around me all weekend, and I totally dismissed it until the next Monday I got a phone call from someone at work and they said, did you hear what happened to Pamela? And I said, no, what happened? And she said, well, she was shot and her son Brian was shot and then her estranged husband was the person who shot them. Um, then he committed suicide. And I was like, what? And, and but then she said, Pamela didn't die. She's in the hospital. You know, Brian's not dead yet. And and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I went to the hospital and I saw this little boy that I used to babysit. He, he actually had been shot point blank in, at his, in his head and he still had some brainstem activity. So it was causing his arm to move. It was, it's actually called posturing. Um, and it's basically just kind of a, a nerve movement. And so he looked like he could just get up at any moment. And I walked in and I saw him and then I saw my friend. And when she got shot, she actually, it was just kind of a flesh wound. She got, it was in the cheek and out her neck and it didn't hit anything major. And I I literally was standing there in shock and I felt responsible because I had all the pieces of the puzzle and I didn't put them together. Mm -hmm. And I was driving home and I was just sobbing. I could not stop crying. And when I got home, I was screaming at the top of my lungs to God or whoever the heck was up there. I'm like, why, why, why did you do this? Why did you give me all this information if you didn't give me the ability to be able to put this stuff together. Mm. And so I just said, forget it. I'm not, I don't want any information. I don't want it anymore. If I, if I hear it, I'm just going to do the absolute opposite of it. And that's when I shut my intuition off or I tried to, that's when I ended up having an affair with someone. I ended up giving everything I owned away, moving to South Africa. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was a really traumatic, like, three years of my life. I got married. I got divorced after four months. I mean, it was kind of, excuse the vernacular, it was kind of a shit show. <laughs> it was bad. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I realized I was sitting on the beach in South Africa with my kids, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't run away from myself. I have to figure out how the heck to navigate life, and I need my intuition back. And so I kind of looked up to the sky, and I said, okay, peeps, please come back because – I can't do this on my own, but I don't want to know when anybody's going to die. And I don't want to know the next 20 steps. I just want to know the next step. Just give me one step. Just give me one thing to do and then I'll do it. And then give me one more thing to do and then I'll do it. And, and, and that's where I come up with the one degree of shift in my coaching. And, and, you know, most of the things that I teach is all you have to do is be willing to take one step. If you're willing to take one step that you've never taken before, that you will get out of where you're at, you know? And, and so that's what I did. I moved back to the States and I, I started to deal with my own stuff. You know, I started to look at myself and how I was cold, you know, holding myself back and, and all those little small things that I wasn't looking at and that I wasn't recognizing that I needed to fix. You know, Mm -hmm. part of that was thinking life was hard. And part of that was thinking that nobody would listen to me because I'm a girl and, 
you know, all the, all the stupid bullshit excuses that we tell ourselves. It's, it's, it's these, you know, made up stories that we tell ourselves that hold us back. And when you realize that they're just a story and you can rewrite your story at any time, then you can really start to have the life that you want. And so, and taking that next step is so tied in with intuition because so many people are afraid of that next step. They, they see three or four choices and they get frozen. They're like, I don't know which one to choose. I'm like, choose anyone because anyone that you take is the perfect choice because then and only then will you see the result of that choice. And then you can say, okay, so I made this choice and this is what happened. Yeah. What's the next step for me to take now? You know, And where that intuition comes into play is do you trust yourself? Do you trust in that next step? You know, and that's a beautiful thing when you actually surrender to spirit and trust that next step that's given to you. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Definitely. Oh, you're welcome. It's <laughs> been a big uh, transformative uh, experience for you. Um, so oh, yes. there's a, a question that I like to ask all my guests in my interviews, and that is... What would be your best advice on how people can contribute to the rise of humanity? Oh, that is such a good question. <laughs> um, what would be the best advice that I could give to someone that could contribute to the rise of humanity? To, well, that's such a good question. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say to have them really embody the energy of it takes a village. It takes a village. And so to kind of elaborate on that is we're all in this together. Life is really, really messy. And we all want to be heard. We all want to be loved. We all just want to be happy and have a really, really fun life, you know, and life sometimes isn't fun. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's really, really hard. And sometimes we want to do something and we have no idea how to do it. And having the village mentality and recognizing that it does take a village puts you into that mindset of, yes, I'm an expert at something, but there's also, you know, other things that I have no freaking clue how to do. <laughs> and if we, if we're all of that mentality that I know someone in my tribe knows how to do this, then what that gives us the opportunity to do is to offer guidance and advice for people when they ask for help, but then also be willing to ask for help when you need it as well, mm -hmm. you know? And that's such a huge thing. And it's such a powerful thing when you recognize that you don't have to do this alone, anything. You don't have to do anything alone. You have to be willing, though, to when you don't know how to do something, ask for help. And when you know how to do something, offer your services and offer that up. Because when we offer up what we know how to do to people who don't, that lifts them up and lifts ourselves up as well. And it's totally reciprocal. And so when we don't know how to do something and we ask for help, we give the other person the opportunity to shine the light on what they're really good at, which lifts them up and us up as well. Yeah. So... That's uh, yeah, wonderful, <laughs> amazing advice. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, You're very welcome. Thanks for that amazing question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah. So, could you just uh, share with the listeners and where we can find uh, find out more about you and your work? Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, you can go to florasage.com 
and check me out. I have a ton of videos on YouTube. I have, I'm always live on my Facebook page at least several times a week, sometimes several times a day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm constantly offering new classes and products and services to help you create the best life possible and to help you eliminate the bullshit that's in your life that's holding you back and keeping you from having what you want. So but all my links to everything are on my face or on, on, on my website, florasage.com. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Flora. It's been a pleasure to have you on and sharing uh, all this work you're doing and your story. Um, it's been wonderful. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you very much for having me, Chris. Oh, and one last thing. I do have a couple free gifts for your people. Yeah. Um, the first gift that I have for them, it's called Four Steps to Make Better Decisions. And this will help them look at and, and realize why we have what's called decision fatigue, why it's hard for us to make choices sometimes in our life. And um, I give you a four-step process. And the four-step process is actually a process where you can clear your own energy field so that you're really in tune with your own intuition and what you really truly want. And that's really fabulous. And I'll actually share that link with you so you can share it with your people. And then the second free gift that I have for them is what I like to call finish your year strong. Now, it's not just for the end of the year. It's actually for every single month of the year. And this is kind of a more practical um, thing. What it is, is it's it's basically a, um, you know, PDF download that you can download and use to help you get clear on a specific goal that you want to do or that, that you want to achieve. And you break that one goal down into four chunks and then you break each of those four chunks down into baby steps. And that's you know one of the things that I was sharing with you earlier mm-hmm. is how can you start to do the things that you want to do? Well, you just start to take one baby step at a time. And so that's what this free uh, gift is going to help your audience do is take and, and you know figure out how they can create one goal and how they can actually achieve the goal by taking one baby step at a time. So, and I'll also give you the download link for that as well. <laughs> awesome, I really appreciate that. I'll definitely uh, I'll get that to uh, put in the, in the show notes so people can check that out. Okay. Nice. Awesome. So um, that is about all for today, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, definitely be sure to Check out Flora's website and her work. And of course, I'll put all the links that you need into the show notes. She's got some really awesome stuff on her website and she's doing really great work. So thank you all so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye.